This is the First Gen Pilot Podcast. This episode starts now. What's going on, aviators? My name is Abraham, and I am your host. Today's episode, we have Emmanuel Pilot working on his commercial certificate down in South Carolina. His story reminds me a lot of my own, and in this episode, we talk about how he got into aviation and the love of aviation that he has. We also talk about the steps that he took to get into aviation. We also talk about the tips that are helping him currently while he's doing his flight training. And with that, we talk about his funny videos that he makes on TikTok. If you're on TikTok, chances are that you've seen one of his videos with him and his yoke doing all these great funny videos on TikTok. Make sure you check him out at O2Omanny on tiktok and aviators if there's someone that you'd want to be on the podcast just hit me up on instagram shoot me a dm or an email at first.gen.pilot at gmail.com without further ado let's get started here's emmanuel hello my name is emmanuel peterson i'm currently a sophomore at charleston southern university i am working on my commercial pilot's license and i currently hold my private and my instrument uh, a little bit about me i'm from georgetown south carolina which is right in between myrtle beach and charleston south carolina and I've been flying now for about two years, but I've been interested for about, I'd say, I'm 19 now, so I'd say 18. But, yeah. Welcome, Emmanuel, on the first Gen Pilot podcast, and I really appreciate you being here today. I thank you. I appreciate that. All right, so we'll get rolling right away. And the first question I'd like to ask is, uh, how did you get into aviation? Well, when I was three years old, I took a flight on AirTran Airways. Not many, not many people probably know about AirTran Airways. They were a low-cost, budget-friendly airline, and they only operated on the East Coast and a little bit on the West Coast. But I took a flight with them when, you know, one day we we're going down to Orlando from Baltimore when I previously lived in Maryland. I, you know, ever since just stepping on the aircraft, it just felt like a different environment and just, you know, a peace, a peaceful place. Honestly, just a place I felt at peace. You know, you know, the, we took off. It was a nice, smooth takeoff. I don't remember the takeoff necessarily, but when we got to cruise and we like when I clo- like opened the window, I looked outside and I just saw like a white sheet of clouds. And at the time, I did not know there were clouds. So like, I'm over here thinking, you know, recently in school, I just you know learned about Antarctica, right? So I put two and two together. I make the assumption. I'm like, oh no, we are over Antarctica right now. That is crazy. I didn't know these planes Antarctica. <laughs> Well, it really wasn't Antarctica, and it was really just North Carolina. But, you know, ever since then, I always felt like just being above the clouds, like being in another place, was always just a magical and mystical feeling to me. And I've always just, like, wanted to return to that place. So that's kind of how I got into aviation, just by taking a flight when I was three years old to Orlando. Yeah, definitely, man. It sounds like you're, as a like, as a young kid, your curiosity is through the roof especially if you're on a flight going somewhere you know you're like asking all these questions (laughs) (laughs) nation runs wild when you just have like the unlimited amount of possibilities being in the air like you can see anything everything you can you know spy on people you know to look at people look at things you can't see on the ground like you can look at you know nuclear sites (laughs) but yeah (laughs) that's one about aviation just the ability to see anything almost yeah definitely it's amazing and then um so what really sparked your um your aviation career they're like um i know you said that looking down at aircrafts um as a kid there um so like moving forward when was exactly the time that you uh let's say started your flight training and really got into it so i actually did not start flight training until 2021 but i've always had a deeper like you know 
love for aviation before that because I started doing flight simming when I was about 12. So it was around 2015. I really got big into, you know, just looking at, I looked at FSX little video montages. I don't know if you remember FSX, but that was like a nice hot flight simulator at the time. You know, that was yeah. <laughs> everyone edition, Air Force Proud 95 was going crazy with the videos. But um, I really got interested with like, you know, watching just those videos about, you know, the way that they were just able to spawn at an airport, fly across the country. And it was like real time. So yep. I that, you know, just started flight simming and all that. And really flight simming definitely just kind of sparked my interest even more into aviation. And it kind of caused me to go into like, you know, going deeper and researching more into aviation, like. Without flight sim, I probably wouldn't be, you know, exactly where I am right now because just through flight simming, I saw all the possibilities and jobs that, you know, aviation could offer. So I started flight simming in 2021 or 2015, and then I started flight training, like I said, in 2021. So you can see that's like a little six year, little six year gap right there. That's a, that's a little big gap right there. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've been flight simming for a long time. Not really got it. But uh, in 2021, started flight training with the little local flight school. And from there, I just been knocking the ratings out, you know. But yeah, that's what sparked my interest. Yeah, definitely. It's like your training. Did you do part six to one for your initial training there, or um, how did you go by that? Okay, yeah, I did go. I did part sixty one for my initial private pilot training. I started out with this one flight school. They flew like Cessna one seventy twos, and they were like a local flight school. And then that summer in twenty twenty one, I got a scholarship, and we're gonna get more into that as we go to like the funding and all that. But I got a scholarship to go and attend this camp where I uh, actually soloed at the end of the camp. And they switched over for, like, an aircraft for me. So I went from flying Cessnas to Diamonds, which was, wasn't was really a big switch because I only had five hours in the Cessna. And at the time, you know, I was just used to, like, the heavy mechanics of a Cessna. But I, I switched over to the Diamond, and I've been with Diamond ever since. I'm not going to lie. But um, <laughs> I did 61 for my private so more into that i continued in the diamond to really you know get my private pilot's license so i got my private pilot's license last year in august at charleston international airport so that was a big thing for me because i, I couldn't imagine flying out of a big class charlie just like a little student pilot it was kind of it's kind of it was kind of scary but fun at the same time yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's definitely an experience there Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah, and then uh, so, do you have anybody in the industry already, like coming into uh, starting your training, or did you feel, face any hardship with like getting into aviation or uh, anything like that? Uh, most definitely. Uh, around here, around where I live in South Carolina, there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of flight schools at all. Um, there's not a lot of opportunity for aviation, so I felt very limited by you know what. I had to work with like uh, the nearest flight school was before they came to Georgetown. The nearest flight school was one hour and 30 minutes away down in Charleston. So I really had to have like a, a strong determination and motivation to be able to drive all the way down to Charleston and just, you know, do my thing, little flight school and drive all the way back. You know, I had days where I had long nights. Like I would leave right after school. I'd be rushing down to Charleston just to get to the flight school before it closed. I would do my flight. It'd be sunset. It'd be almost pitch black by the time I'm getting done with training. And I'd have to drive all the way back. So that was like one of the biggest hardships I had to face, just like getting my private pilot's license. Like it was just the driving. Like the flying wasn't bad. It was the driving to get to the flying, which was bad. Like I would joke <laughs> yeah. with people. I would say, I'm spending more on gas money than I am flight training. Like, like this is <laughs> I'm driving more than I'm flying. Like this is this is crazy. Right. 
But that was like a very, very big hardship. And like, I really, you know, I, I'd want to see more flight schools in like areas that are not as, you know, accessible because I feel like a lot of people are able and, you know, are willing and wanting to get into aviation, but they just don't know where to go because flight schools aren't close enough, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um. So like, how did you go buy it? So I know you said it was kind of hard for you. Like, what tips do you have for someone who's feeling that way? Maybe they feel like they live too far out or like, what do you have as a tip for that? A tip? Um, this is kind of biased, but get a Honda. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> They're good on fuel, and everything, but that's not very a good tip. But if you live far away from a, uh, an airport that has a flight, you know, flight training school and all that and lessons, don't discourage yourself and limit yourself to only, you know, just just don't discourage yourself and say, oh, that's too far. I can't do it. You can't do it. There's stuff you can do. Besides, you know, not going and driving all the way an hour and 30 minutes to go to your flight school. You can do grounds. Like, you, you can get so far ahead without actually flying the aircraft that it's insane. Like, if you're staying on top of it, if you really stay on top of it, you do sims, you do your grounds at home. And, you know, when you have enough money to get down to wherever you got to go, go down there. Probably you can double up, take more lessons in a day because you can, you know, that those hours you can count for the whole week, honestly. Like if you go there, do a flight for about three hours and, you know, come back, you're going to be like good and ready to go for the next week. Like if you can't go down there three times a week, just go ahead and do it all in one day. Like it may be stressful for a little bit, but if you double up and you really get those hours in because, you know, this the more you do it, because, you know, flying is all about repetition. You know, the more you do it, the more you get better at it. If you do like if you live far away and you can't do as many lessons as you want to. I'd say really just double up and really like hammer it down at home because at home is where it really matters. Like, yes, flying the aircraft matters, but if you can do all that stuff at home, it's going to reciprocate like right into the seat. Like you're going to be in your cockpit like, oh my God, I did this in the sim like, you know, an hour ago. Like I know exactly what I'm doing. Like, you know, it's going to reciprocate because it all starts at home. But yeah, that's my one big tip. Double up and knock everything out at home because when you get into that plane, it's gonna, it's just gonna come naturally. Like, it really is. You know. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think that's very helpful, man. Like, mm-hmm. you learn best when you're on the ground. Cause like, if you say you're gonna learn when you're flying, you're not gonna learn anything, and that's <laughs> gonna waste your money. <laughs> focus on flying. Don't focus on learning how to fly while you're in the air. You know. Right. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> and learn how to fly while you're avoiding and looking out for other aircraft. You know, see and avoid. You can't read and avoid. You know. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it sounds like you got your uh, private in high school, correct? Yes, I got it coming. Well, I graduated high school first, and then, then like in the in the summer, I uh, got my private pilot's license. So yeah, I pretty much got it in high school. I was training all through high school. Yeah. Yeah. So like, how did like your peers view you as a uh, doing this uh, aviation thing? Because I was kind of in the same boat, and I I know I I had different experience than you. So how how was your feeling or experience? My peers, I'm not gonna yeah. lie. It seemed that I, it was very, they were very supportive because I was probably the only person in my school that actually was pursuing this career. Now, there is another guy, but he graduated a year before me and um, they didn't, no one really knew he was going to be a pilot because he kind of did it in his senior year. Didn't, no one really knew about it. But me coming up through elementary school, a lot of people knew about it. So like they were like really supportive and just, you know, when I told them about my journey, they were like, oh, wow, like, you know, that's amazing, especially like to see, you know, uh, like a group from a minority, you know, you know, right, you know, a minority yep. doing really like something different. And 
a lot of people actually, I don't think, expected me to, you know, even get it, to be honest. <laughs> you know, like, saying that, it's just like, yeah, yeah, like, wow, he had haters? Like, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, they come. <laughs> they really do come. But, like, it, it's crazy because, you know, I really felt like a lot of support just coming from my own town because my town is kind of a smaller town, but I received a lot of support. Yeah, definitely. That goes a long way, man, when it comes to flight training. You need all the support you can get. <laughs> it really does. All right. And then, like, Let's get into uh, funding your training. How did you go by that? Did you um, any loans or anything like that? Scholarships? Starting out, I actually tried and attempted to pay for it all <laughs> as working as a cashier. So uh, I worked as a cashier at this little local grocery store. And, you know, me being, you know, the smart man I am, that's very sarcastic. I'm <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can afford this by, you know, being a cashier. Yeah, I can only for I can only afford the discovery flight, but you know, <laughs> you know, me being hard headed, I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't need to, you know, get scholarships or whatever. Like, you know, I can afford this on a cashier's check. No, you can't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, yeah, you're gonna have to definitely reach out. And um, I had I had to get scholarships, so I applied to the Tuskegee uh, Airmen Scholarship at my local Tuskegee chapter. Uh, I got that scholarship as well as the low country um they call it low country aerospace academy it's this little organization down here where they you know low country aerospace got a scholarship from them and i also got a scholarship from there was another company can't remember the name right now because i think they disbanded but uh, i got a couple of scholarships to help pay for my private and a couple of family members i reached out to them and told them you know my journey and my goals and you know what i wanted to do and you know how soon i wanted to complete them because i knew i had to get it before college like i just wanted to be you know i wanted to have it before college so coming into college uh, one i can save money two I could, you know, go into commercial training without worrying about getting waitlisted, you know, for private because my school is very small. So uh, when I got to college, you know, training is very expensive. So I had to look at alternate ways to, you know, fund my my training. So I looked into Sally Mae loans and I was sponsored or not sponsored. I was recommended those loans from another pilot who I used to fly. Well, I didn't fly with him. He was a little helicopter pilot at the place I used to work at. He recommended Sally Mae loans, so I took those out, and uh, currently I'm getting funded by Sally Mae loans for my commercial and instrument, and I will take some more out for multi coming up. But uh, yeah, I'm just doing loans right now. It's not the best, but scholarships are good. Yep. You can definitely uh, get your hands and apply on some uh, scholarships. Go ahead and do that. Like It's pretty much free money. Just really like you know, talk to people as well, and... Yeah, that's that's how I got my phone. Yeah, definitely. That's that's the way to go, man. Like yeah. uh like you mentioned, like um working one job might not be the best sometimes. <laughs> Speaking from experience. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Uh loans, talking to family, like you mentioned, uh asking for any help that you can get, man. Cause as a young kid who has a passion, uh, you'll do anything mm -hmm. to make it happen, you know. Going after everything. People would do anything. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, and then um uh, have you had any scary experiences throughout your flight training so far? Have you scared yourself in the airplane? Yes, yes, yes. I've uh, scared myself approximately. I can remember one time vividly, and I think a couple of other times, but it had to do with the clouds. I'll get into that a little bit later. But the one time I really scared myself was on one of my private pilot solos. Um, 
I was getting my private pilot's license and we went uh, went on a little solo. I'm pretty sure it was the long cross country for private where you had to go to uh, two airports and it had to be 50 nautical miles. Well, had to be, of course, it was cross country. So you got go to you know two other airports and all that. I was on the first leg to my first airport and it was around 11 o'clock. Now, if anyone knows about weather in South Carolina or any anywhere, honestly, the clouds start rolling in around 11 o'clock because, you know, the, you know, water's condensing, you know, the heat's, you know, it's pretty hot around here. So there's going to be clouds around 11 to 12, you know, they're, you know, they're warming up to get to the thunderstorm level. So I, I departed around 11 o'clock, clear, was, like the sky was clear as day. Like, I was like, wow, this is, this is not normal. So, you know, I'm going up, you know, to, uh, what am I, 2,000 feet. Because if I remember correctly, the clouds started, actually, they started closing up. Like, there was no clouds in the sky when I departed. But as soon as I departed, the one way I went, there was just, like, some random clouds. And they all started closing up, like, really, really, really bad. Like, I saw gaps. I'm like, oh, the clouds are scattered. And then I'm like, now the clouds are broken. Like, they just started closing up even more. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to continue this flight. I'm just stay here at 2,000. I requested 5,500 initially. So... I never told air traffic control that I couldn't get over the clouds, which was a mistake on my end. I should have said, hey, I just want to sit here at 2,000 right now. There's a couple of clouds above me, and I don't feel like, you know, climbing to, you know, be in unsafe conditions, and I got to meet my cloud clearances. So he's yelling at me, like air traffic control is yelling at me, hey, uh, Diamond, are you going to start your climb to 5,500 feet? I'm like, yeah, yes. I said yes. Like, why? Guys, if you can't do anything and ATC tells you to do something, do not do it. The one you tell ATC is unable. Like, I never realized, you know, that word can save your life. Like, that word can save your life. Just say unable, all right? But uh, I, I said able, really. I implied that I was able, and I started trying to climb up to 5,500 feet. And like I said, the clouds were getting low and low. They were at 3,000, so I couldn't climb up past I, I couldn't even go past 2,500. I, I went to like 2,700 and I was just like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So I stay right there. He's still bugging me. Hey, can you go up to 5,500 feet? I'm like, I'm trying. There's just a couple of clouds right here. <laughs> I literally said, I'm trying. There's a couple of clouds right here and I, I will get there when I get there. And you know, so uh whole time I didn't realize he was doing that for a certain reason. Now there was another diamond actually at 2,500 feet. Probably five miles ahead of me going, uh, going. so I was going, say I was going this way, right? There was another diamond yeah. coming. We're on a collision course. So right. I didn't realize that because I didn't, you know, I don't really, I don't think the aircraft had um, the traffic map pulled up. I did have ADSB out and all that in, but I just don't think I had the traffic map, uh, traffic map pulled up. So I'm over here like, oh, God. Uh, I see the guy, right? And as soon as I see the traffic, I tried to contact Charleston about it, and I couldn't hear them. <laughs> so uh, it turns out, now that I know this now, Charleston's approach control, their building had a power surge. So it went out. So it was pretty much like a lost comm situation, and I couldn't hear them at all. And right. the, like, the only, the last transmission I heard from them was, Hey, Diamond, you got another Diamond right in front of you at the same altitude, going the same direction. You guys, like, you know, you better figure something out. That's, the, like, the only thing. Like, like, that's pretty much the last thing I heard. So I'm over here freaking out now because <laughs> I thought I lost comms. 
like, you know, I thought I lost comms. It went quiet. Like, the radio went silent for about, like, two minutes. And two minutes is a lot, you know, when you're flying in there. It, it, it went two minutes, and uh-huh. I started – I didn't panic. I just said, I know there's another airport to the left of me. It was another airport called Berkeley County. I started pulling on my iPad and flying at the same time. Worst idea ever because, you know, I was still a student pilot, so I'm, like, over here, like – Trying to pull out my iPad, you know, freaking out a little bit. But anyways, I get the comms for Berkeley County, and I instantly turn directly towards Berkeley County Airport. And I do this because like, I'm afraid that I lost comms, and they're trying to, like, contact me. They want me to get down as possible, you know, as soon as possible, because, you know, I haven't gone through IFR yet, so I don't know lost comms procedures and all that. So over here just trying to, like, aim <laughs> for the airport. I'm, like, you know, flying, trying to turn on my iPad at the same time. I'm over here kind of nervous now because I'm like, hold on. And there's another over here. <laughs> like, I got factors on me like yeah. all at once. So I'm a little scared right now. I keep going. I finally get to the direction of the other airport. And I'm looking for the other traffic. The other traffic's over here doing circles because they see me. So they start doing circles too. So we're both over here like doing circles and all that in the air trying to avoid each other. And I swear I heard the voice of the other diamond. So he said, Hey, diamond, Charles is trying to contact you, contact them immediately. So I'm like, okay, like they're really into me. So, you know, their comms come back up and I call up Charles and I'm like, Hey, y'all, do y'all hear me? This is diamond, whatever. They're like, yes, yes, yes. We hear you. We hear you. Hey, hey, you good up there? I'm like, yes, I'm so glad I hear y'all. Like I've never felt relieved to hear someone's voice in my life because like, I felt like as a student pilot, that's very like, scary on me because i couldn't hear anybody i you know i wanted to hear someone because you know i'm up there alone trying to figure out everything everything's happening all like really fast like it just happened all really fast so i had to think it was like all right you know i had to think what was the best you know thing to do which was go to another airport and land there first get everything situated you know? so mm-hmm. i was glad i did that because that was one step ahead of you know causing a possible mid-air collision by just turning. But, um, yeah, so I did that. I came back and landed at Charleston. I was done for the day. I didn't want to, I didn't feel like flying. I didn't feel like going to my next airport. I was like, man, let me just get out of this sweat box. Like, I am done. Like, it, I was sweating for sure. I was sweating bullets. <laughs> oh, God, it, it was bad. I came back. I didn't really tell a lot of people about the situation because I was like, it was kind of, it was scary, honestly. I mean, I, I was shaking, trying to write the uh, logbook entry. Like, <laughs> logbook entry, you're going to be like, what is that? Like, it looks like chicken scratch. I was literally shaking. I was, like, <laughs> trying to figure out, like, <laughs> time and all that. But um, I was just really scared of, like, the what if. Like, you know, what if I just didn't, like, listen and just kept going forward and just, you know, like, oh, not, I don't want to hear about that story. Like, I'm just glad I made the right decision to just turn back and head back to the airport because I was already pretty much scud running at that point. So I was like, I'm going to return. But yeah, <laughs> the scariest I've ever been in a plane. Yeah, definitely. It looks like you handled pretty well uh, with uh, being a student pilot, you know, like at the level you are right now, you definitely make uh, better choices. But as a student pilot, I think you handled that situation pretty well there. And um, there's always going to be what ifs. Like I've talked to airline pilots or other pilots who always talk about uh, they, were, they were in a situation and they said that it's not when they were in the moment. It was more of like when they got down to the ground and they were thinking about all these situations, how could it went wrong? And um, 
but in the moment you handle pretty well just stay calm you know uh, go back to your training and that's mm-hmm. how it always works yes you really got to start like when you're in the emergency and they're like and you're in the brink of it you really just like hey stop slow down think about what you learned this is what you were trained to do like stop and you know all right put your phone down stop taking pictures <laughs> like go ahead. <laughs> get playing on the ground sticking rudder like, yeah hey now <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah instagram can wait for those pictures you can you need to fly the airplane out <laughs> exactly hey, those little little montages or montages and all that yeah, i can do that later i'll do that when i'm on our like safely landing, <laughs> not even on final. Just let me get on the ground first, and now do it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then uh, moving on. So, like, have you had any failures so far with uh, check ride that you want to share, or like any um, written test or anything like that? I've had. I'm gonna. I haven't had any failures on a check ride, but I've had almost failed a stage check, and I say almost failed because. I don't know. It just felt like he was really just against me. Like the, the checking truck, it just felt like he was just against everything I did. Like just anything. Like I, I would say, like I like McDonald's. He'd be like, "Hell, I like Burger King." Like, like <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was my stage one of commercial uh, little stage check, and I just was not feeling good. Like I almost failed the oral part, uh, portion because I literally forgot simple things. That, you know, when you, like, cram in information that you only have it for, like, a certain amount of days and you just lose it because you crammed it in? It's not, like, real knowledge. I did that I yep. private check, right? And that's probably the worst mistake I've ever done. And I forgot all the information. So, I'm over here taking my commercial, like, oral, like, in literally three weeks or, like, three weeks later. Yes, I, I did that kind of fast. But um, I just literally forgot everything from my private check, right, that I just took, like, a month prior. And... It was really bad. So I, that started the day off to a bad start. And we went out for the flight. Uh, I couldn't know any of my landings. Like, they were a little bit past a thousand footers. I was just, like, landing just bad. Like, it was just a bad day for me. It was not a good day. Um, I did my maneuvers okay. They weren't the best. I did them okay. Um, but that flight right there really humbled me. Like, you know, I'm just like, I got to take this serious because, like, I'm, I don't think I'm really like in it and like that that moment like it really like changed me it didn't really change necessarily you know my career and anything but it really just changed my mindset about flying and um just taking things very serious and just you know applying myself even with aviation like it doesn't matter like how good you fly on one day if you fly bad one day that's not that's not good you got to fly consistent like that's the biggest thing in aviation because i feel like consistency is key to anything and mastering anything like you think you're good with one flight no you're not no you're not <laughs> like, you're not you're not amazing like that's where i kind of just fell into the trap of thinking like oh i'm good for this guy this instructor i think i'll, I'll be good for that guy it wasn't the case i didn't fly good at all yeah and that, that's like the biggest failure i've ever had and I almost failed my uh, commercial written. <laughs> I got a 71 on my first try. <laughs> 71. <laughs> That's like one point or really two because you got to get a 70 and above. But it really yeah. humbled me again. Like I was like, wow, commercial really humbling me. <laughs> and um, I don't know what happened there. I think it was just the ground we did because we had a ground with our school. And it necessarily, it didn't really like, mm-hmm. we went over the things that were on the test. But I feel like the test is more like how good you are at taking tests honestly because sometimes the wording and phrasing is like really 
difficult and you really got to like think and learn and really like think which, mm-hmm. which one's the right answer. You really got to be like, okay, that one is the right answer because logically it couldn't be that one. So I just didn't apply myself that good for that. But um, that that was the biggest thing right there. And uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then um, if you were uh, to go back and do this whole journey differently, what would you do the same? What would you do differently? I would keep my studying habits the same because I would fly for X amount of hours and I would study probably for even more X amount of hours because like, I, I, I don't know, like when you study, I don't think that it's just like looking at the books. I study like to study beyond. Like I study, like I like looking at videos. I like actually doing the stuff in the sim. I like, you know, going to the airport and seeing how other planes do it so I can replicate that in my mm-hmm. plane. Like, I'm like, how do you land? So how I got to know how to land is I went to the airport and went plane spotting, you know? Like, my studying habits, I like, they were good. They were good. One thing I would do differently, though, are my study habits. <laughs> so I have good study habits, and then I have bad study habits. Now, when I did have good <laughs> study habits, I would definitely keep those the same. But there were some days where... I just, I went kind of like, just, I don't know what type of studying I was doing, but some days I was just like, no, I got it, I got it, I got it, I'm good. Like, you know, like, it's honestly a toss up on that question because like, I had good studying habits and then I had bad studying habits and that was one thing I want to change and one thing I want to keep the same sometimes because they were good and bad, but honestly, I would say you fly how you study. If you study, if you study like you don't care, Right, you're gonna fly like you don't care, and that's not that's not good. That's creating bad. <laughs> that's not a good attitude to have. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, yeah, studying is a big thing when it comes to flying. I mean, they go hand in hand, and you can't do one and and leave and just be like, I want to go fly and not study. It's not gonna work out for you. You, uh, it's just gonna be super hard for you. And like, mm-hmm. just don't do it. <laughs> Make sure yeah. you study a lot. Really, study a lot. I'm telling you, bro. Study just. And don't study just the books. Like, study everything, you know? Yep. The books are really good, too, for sure. But study everything, just from, you know, your aircraft systems to, like, uh, what else, what else? Uh, just maneuvers, just little things. Like, do the maneuvers in the sim. If you, you know, a little rusty on them, haven't done them in, like, a week, just do them in the sim. Just chair fly. Like, that works. If you chair fly, I promise you, you'll do it right in the plane. Like, I swear, it happens when you starts at home. Starts yeah. at home on the trip at home. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely staying consistent helps a lot. It does. Yep. And then, uh, so your end goal, where do you want to end up with flying? What's your end goal? My end goal currently is I really want to be an airline captain, but not just for any airline. I want to fly for one of the, the cargo airlines of America, either Kalita Air, USA Jet Airlines, FedEx, UPS, uh, anything cargo. I love cargo a lot, and I love the planes they fly. Right. I love the old 727s, the DC-9s, the 757s, A300s, all, all, the whole nine. I really want to fly those. Yep. And I also want to fly corporate. Like I want to fly the Falcons. The Falcons are my favorite uh, private jets, and I really want to own and possibly own a business for, you know, companies. So, you know, rappers, not rappers, well, celebrities, not anything. Rappers, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, pilots. So, you know, I really just want to give back to the community and fly, you know, P- 
people, not only rappers and celebrities, but I also want to fly, you know, other people. Like, I want a PC-12 business to fly, you know, people around South Carolina and just little things. Like, so, yeah, I want to be a cargo captain, private or corporate captain, and I want to be a business owner for an airline, possibly. Like, this is a slow, small one. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, My end goals. I think, yeah, I think those are all great goals you got there, man. A little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, great. Yeah, and then, yeah. um, so, like, how did you stay motivated, uh, or how do you stay motivated <laughs> throughout your training right now? <laughs> uh, motivated, I, you know, I always think of the end goal, and I think of, I don't necessarily think of the, like, sometimes I just kind of, like, soak in the in the journey. That I stay motivated by, like, knowing times are probably not going to be as good in the future and just staying in the present now, even though times will be like a lot better in the future. Don't get me wrong, but you know how like you get so caught up on the future and destination that you lose sight of the journey and what you're actually going through. Like, yeah, journey is not the best and you're going to have to grind a lot to get to where you want to be. But by really like soaking in the journey and remembering everything that you come across by like remembering every little lesson you have, by just, you know, knowing everything you're doing now is what you don't want to do in the next five to 10 years really motivates me. Like knowing where I'm at now and knowing where I don't want to be in the next five to 10 years really motivates me. Like, I'm just like, I'm flight training right now, I'm trying to get my commercial license. I want to do everything now. I want to, you know, be on top of my studies. So that way I will not have to come back and do this all over again, knowing that I had the opportunity to do it now. So definitely like knowing that I'm going, you know, knowing that you don't want to do this now or later, doing it now definitely gets me through. I'm like, I got to take the brunt now. Yes, I got to do my end of the stick. I got to, you know, I got to do the bags under the plane. I got to, you know, I got to put in the time to mm -hmm. do this now so that later I'll be living comfortably. I'll, you know, be at my dream job and I'll know that the work I put in now definitely will affect me in the then. So really just knowing that I don't want to do this now definitely motivates me a lot. Like, I don't want to be a student pilot forever. Who does? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't want to do this forever. <laughs> I don't want to do maneuvers forever. It's, I mean, it's fun, but yep. I'd rather be. But just knowing I don't want to do this motivates me to do better and do other things. So yeah yeah definitely yep. and we kind of skipped this question but um so are you once you get your training down here are you doing cfi or what route are you looking to build your time yes so currently i'm thinking about doing cfi as a part-time college or part-time cfi as a college student um i'll be doing that as i finish throughout college and i was also looking at doing some banner towing up there on the beach locally for the next year's season because i should be able to have enough hours should be praying but it'd be a banner tool pilot by next season and get some hours then uh come back and just do some cfi work so i'm going to do cfi banner towing and possibly some aerial survey work to get some more season time and if i you know get the opportunity to fly corporate and i meet some people then i'll be trying to fly a little bit of some sic or you know just a little king air time some turbine time you know to make it good and then um I'm not sure completely if I uh, want to go to the airliners like right after I get to 1,000 hours. I'm thinking about just, you know, doing some turbine time for mountain air or air, 
air cargo carriers, like in little cargo planes, like those mm-hmm. little uh, cargo planes. They, they're really cool to me. And yeah. the top three little prop planes. But <laughs> airliners, I can't get, you know, I can't get me wrong. I love airlines too. But I think yeah. those turbo props are really cool too. But yeah, that's what I'm looking at doing to get to the airlines in the next step. That's my little kind of flow chart. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah. That actually sounds pretty a good route there. Uh, um, I know some people like CFI is a good route, but uh, at the same time, like airlines actually look at if you're um, doing any type of other flying that you've done in the past, or if you get a good gig where you're actually doing some real flying and build your time that way. It's not it's not gonna look down on you just because you didn't do CFI stuff. Just just because it's <laughs> you got your hours. Hours are hours, you know. <laughs> Hours, hours. <laughs> can't take anyone's hours away from them unless no. you lose a lot. But I mean, yeah. hours are hours. Experience is experience, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so we we kind of been talking about tips and all over the place. But do you have like any specific tips that you have for someone who's getting into aviation right now, listening to this podcast, or already pursuing their dream right now? Yeah. So my tip right now, I'm thinking in my head right now. So I will go as I think. But uh, definitely, um. If you're unable and unsure about how to start getting into aviation, I would definitely recommend looking on YouTube and just like searching up local flight schools and like really just getting your name in the door. You don't really have to start flight training or whatever, but if you get your name out there into the world and tell people what you want to do, there's going to be some people that are going to look out at you and they're going to be like, hey, I want that kid to live out his dream. I want that guy to fly for my airline because my airline is going to have a pilot shortage in the next five years. You know, just like that, like, you know, get your name out there, you know, just look at, definitely like reach out to people. Um, If you're having any troubles, you know, during your flight training, staying motivated, uh, reach out to people, talk to your mom, talk to your dad, talk to other people that have done the journey before, talk to other pilots, talk to your friends, like just give them like a heads up. Like, if you're feeling, like, very down and just unmotivated because, you know, you're going to have – there's times where I feel down. You know, I got to call my uh, mom and just, you know, say, hey, mom, my flight lesson didn't go too good. Do you have any words of advice for me? She's like, yeah, you know you're better than that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. I know, <laughs> I know ma. But um, definitely just, like, as you're going through your journey, there's going to be, like, hardships. There's going to be rough times. There's going to be rough flights. Like, it's inevitable. Everyone has them. You can't be a perfect pilot. There's no such thing as a perfect pilot, you know? All perfect pilots. There's, yeah. there's no perfect pilot. You know, you always got to be willing to learn. Oh, that's another thing. Always be willing to learn, no matter how much information you know. You could literally be the number one captain at Delta Airlines. If you can't, like, learn anything from somebody, you're not You're not going to... I'm sorry. That's not a good attitude to have in the aviation industry. Because there's so much information and so much knowledge that it can't be comprehended into one brain. Like, it really can't. <laughs> yeah, I know. Too much information. Well, um, yeah. Yeah, so be willing to learn everything you can. Get uh, advice from older pilots that, you know, have already been through it, have been through the roughest of storms, you know, hardest of landings. Like, always get wise and valuable information from them. Um always connect with people and never never think you're too good for anybody and never just you know always have a humble humble heart in the aviation industry and you'll get far like you'll get very far just you know with training with jobs with career opportunities with relationships in the industry 
Like, just always carrying around a humble heart, even through flight training, because it can be tough. But, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. Uh, just humbling yourself and, you know, just keeping contact with the people you meet and also just uh, willing to learn. Like you mentioned, like uh, my favorite quote from Jason Shepard, <laughs> a good pilot is always learning. And it's true. Like, you're always <laughs> learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. that's it's so you know, it's you're always learning. And I also I also go by that quote every day because, you know, I'm just like, what did I learn today? I always go like at the end of the day, I always ask myself, what did I learn today? It could be anything that's not even related to aviation. Yeah. It could be how a car engine worked today. I'll be like, I learned something new. Like if you <laughs> learn something new, you're gonna be a wise a wise a wise soul. But yeah. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk a little bit about your uh, social media. <laughs> so, like that TikTok okay. that you do. Those, those. I think you do a great videos, man. It's super funny. Like I'd be on there and sometimes. I just see this crazy thing you're doing. <laughs> kind of <laughs> like I love. I love seeing some videos like that, man. Just staying in the yeah. like you got your own little lane there and just making people laugh. And I think that's that's really yeah. great. Motivates people I'm too. Just, I'm telling you, like I love to. Even after like hard days and stuff, I love to really just, you know, go on TikTok and share my thoughts and opinions on different things by using videos. Like the videos I post are honestly expressions of how I feel with certain things in the aviation industry. Like, you know, my take on serious pilots, no no offense to them, but, they, you know, they do some crazy things. So I'll, I'll say that the video is like the serious pilot doing some crazy stuff. But I really like to just, you know definitely help motivate people and just you know look on the good things of aviation because you know when you're going through different things it's not always going to be easy like i said so i just try to make it try to make it you know fun and just like enjoyable and just you know a motivator honestly because like if I find, anybody can do it if you really put your mind to it i feel like anybody can achieve anything man it's always it all starts with your mind it's like your mind really that's like the biggest thing you know? <laughs> definitely yeah i agree man like all right yeah and we'll end this uh with a would you rather game um so i'll give you a couple options and then you pick one from that all right are you ready yes all right so would you rather fly general aviation or commercial uh what type of commercial like just like airliners yeah, just an airline just going somewhere if you were to go to the city i'd rather fly airliners I, I like speed. <laughs> I like the speed. Okay, yeah, definitely. Nothing uh, that your Diamond or uh, Cessna can, can achieve, you know, going super fast. <laughs> I like to get into the mock numbers, you know? <laughs> yep, yep. All right, and then would you rather fly over beaches or mountains? See, safety-wise, I would say beaches 100% because of mountains. Yep. I'm not going to lie. I'm from the beaches, coastal areas, so flying over the mountains, to me, definitely gives me chills. Like, But the views? The mountains. <laughs> the views, the mountains. <laughs> definitely the mountains. Yeah. yeah. All right. And then uh, would you rather fly high wing or low wing? Low wing. Low wing. I feel like high wing just okay. your view. Like, Even though low wing, you really can't see on the ground like that, I just feel like when you're flying low wing, you can see everything, like the traffic, just everything you should be worrying about. But I'm just, I'm, I'm not saying that for real. But I love low wing. I love the uh, Diamond series and how it, you know, how it looks, honestly, too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what's the difference? Would you say between the? I know you said you trained in Cessna too. Yes. Yes. Like, what? What was the like the biggest difference you noticed other than the stick? 
between high wing and low wing or Cessna and Diamond? Cessna and Diamonds. Uh, so Cessnas are a lot heavier to operate. Uh, when I'm just flaring, it takes a lot more pressure to you know <laughs> move the stick back. And honestly, I didn't realize it until I got into the Cessna one day because I'm checked out in the Cessna, so I fly that from time to time with my friends. And when I'm flying it, I'm like, wow, this requires an serious, <laughs> maybe like you know the flares. So I'm like, <laughs> just to land, but yeah. I mean. You know, I'm sorry, but you gotta. You can be a weak pilot and fly the diamond. All you gotta do is whoop, and the plane's like, <laughs> you know. So yeah, like, definitely. The, like the strength you need to fly a Cessna is far greater than the strength you need to fly a diamond. But um, other than that, there's literally almost no difference. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> plane is a plane. To me, a plane is a plane. Yeah. Yeah, the systems may be a little bit different. Um, diamond's a little bit newer. Um. It's a little bit more, you know, fancier and sleeker. <laughs> this they will start every single time. <laughs> now those yeah. NDA twenties I fly. Oh lord! If it's a little bit of coldness outside, like say it hits the <laughs> no. not starting. <laughs> they are not starting. That's tough. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> All right, and then would you rather fly during the day or night? Nighttime. 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 I, okay. I don't fly at night enough. Because I just how my schedule is. I'm a morning. I have the morning block. Well, now I have the noon block. But I never fly at night. And every time I fly at night, it's probably the, one of the most peaceful, serene things I've ever done. Like, oh man, Fourth of July. I think I flew on the third of July actually. But the fireworks were going crazy. Like I was so I was excited. Like just seeing the fireworks. You know, we're trying to dodge them, of course, because they were shooting <laughs> approaching. But hey, right. it was cool to see. It was very cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah definitely uh just that's this is great yep. um and then uh so would you rather fly ifr or vfr ifr ifr <laughs> ifr you just blast straight you just go direct you don't do you don't do no turnings you just blast right through no nope. yeah once you get your instrument you just you're great man you just hey, doing yeah get priority <laughs> mm-hmm, priority i hear cloud yep Oh man, it's great. I love to fly an IFR. Love it. Yeah, yeah definitely. And then uh, last one, would you rather fly I, uh, Airbus or Boeing? Oh man, you're gonna. Oh man, this is a hard one for me now. You know, I, probably like a couple of months ago, I would have been like, oh, Boeing, 100%. But now I feel uh, I've, uh, fell in love with the A220. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, I love the 757. So, um, I'm gonna have to go with the. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Boeing. I'm gonna have to go with Boeing on this one. You know, I just feel like they're more okay. and more reliable, especially because they're made mm -hmm. in Charleston, the 787s. So I just, you know, see them all day, every day, and I, you know, I'm in love with the 787s too. They look very nice. So I'm about to go with Boeing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I tried the 787 Dream uh, Dreamliner, I think, at Oshkosh, and. That thing was, I, let's just say, I, I wasn't able to land it. <laughs> <laughs> those, things pretty, those things are pretty big. Hey, those things are pretty there, It's just, like, I was. I just felt I was on the controls and was not doing what I wanted to oh, do, like, man. in my archer. But it was like, no, it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. They had an 787 semi-Oshkosh. <laughs> yeah, I had a boring... Uh, tent really? uh yeah anybody that was there probably knows what i'm talking about i got it but yeah it was oh 
man. Yeah, you got yeah. Show up on one of these. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I come in a little diamond, little DA forty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then, uh, so yeah, that's that's all I have for you, man. Uh, thanks you so much for coming on the podcast and thank you for having a little chat with me. Thank you for having me on this podcast. It was definitely fun. I love I love being on here. But yeah, thank you for uh, having me on here. Just appreciate you and everything. And uh, yes, thank you. that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for taking the time and listening in. I really hope you enjoyed this and found this beneficial. Don't forget to leave a review on the podcast and make sure you follow to stay up to date on the latest episode on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as First Gen Pilot. Also, make sure you follow me on Instagram at firstgenpilot. That's one S-D dot G-E-N dot pilot. Anyways, guys, until next time, keep the blue side up. We'll see ya.